Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. And this is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of finding a strange little artifact that couldn't hurt a fly. Oh, yeah. I'm using the hand of Vecna as a back scratcher. <laughs> oh, what, what's the harm that opening a little book can do? Or those little puzzle box. Yeah. Everybody knows how to solve those things. Yeah. Oh, what a nice little prank. Yeah. Oh, this, this book is covered in, in human leather. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. This week we are continuing our ongoing series of creating the perfect magic system. And this week we're going to be talking about artifacts and magic books. So you guys got anything more for artifacts? Ah. Well, I mean, we did hint that some are forged by divine beings, some are forged by really potent magic users. Some just happen, like the Infinity yeah. Stones, you know? Some, some, things, some things are are the result of, of normal things getting altered by titanic energies. Oh, you know, that some are, and some, of course, besides, you know, bodies of liches and so forth, some are pieces of, of, of literal gods. Like, uh, you know, because <laughs> I, 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 it happened in one game, it happened in someone else's person's game being mentioned. Oh, yeah, we found the toe clippings of a god. The what? The toenail clippings, yeah. You had to carry them in both hands, and they were very sharp. You can use them as weapons. So this was a very large god. Yes. <laughs> they're like, they're side weapons. They're like a botlick. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, before botlets were in, were were in vogue, so yeah, but yeah. I, well, I mean, I, but I mean, there are crescent kinds of sword. Yeah, scimitar. The pole arms. Yeah, they use no, and also pole arms. There's crescent kind of pole arms. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the but the, that's actual. You know, but the, the god's still alive, and you just get the residual effect. But we sort of hear about that about you know about the blood of Christ and things like that. So. So it's residual, and oh, and we didn't touch on saints because all saints remains all have special powers. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, I don't know sure what they all are, but yeah, they all seem to revolve around healing or well-being protection, or something. Yeah. Protection, yeah, or wisdom. Or wisdom. Yeah, God, all the godly virtues. Yeah, I think at least one or two make you a better singer. Well, that would be nice too. Name name something you people want to be good at, and there's a patron saint for it. Well, certainly there should be. As we mentioned, and of course, the the patron saint of thieves wears a red suit and and with white with white ermine. But anyway, <laughs> Santa oh, Claus. that's right. When we did our last, <laughs> don't be talking about Santa like that. He's a good guy. 
Uh, talking St. Nicholas, who, who, yeah, interesting lifetime, interesting, uh, interesting background. Anyway, but that's that. That's that. Uh, All right. Well, let's move on to uh, magic books. Yeah. Okay. Now, magic. To- now, is this is especially true of historical Bureau Thirteen because it used to really irk me because I'd be sitting there reading this and they'd say, and there's this book of something. Okay, and I'd be like. Where does this come from and what is it and you know where do you find it and all this stuff they've just mentioned it in passing you know and, and i would be like where's i i, I you know I, I felt like i needed more information on how to be able to add it to my campaign because otherwise it just seemed like a really you know nasty item but yeah um i mean a lot of books were there these tomes were there to confer specific knowledge, especially about how to uh, to learn certain spell categories, which were considered to be dangerous spell categories. Yeah, well, I'm I'm, I'm reminded of the bibliography that's available for Cthulhu Mythos, all the various of which I found out at least two or three of those books mentioned are actual real books. <laughs> it's like. Oh wow! So yeah, well, that meant Lovecraft did his research, you know. <laughs> well, that's like when Skeev asked Oz, you know, in Myth Adventures, how many of the stories about, you know, um, uh, uh, what was Oz's race? Oh, he's a diva. Diva. Oh, uh, how many sto- how many stories about the divas were actually true? And Oz just looked at him and said, "Enough to keep them honest." <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we're talking about because although because some of those were, I would say every one of those books are artifacts because most of them were never had more than a few copies made, except for the one that liked to ha- keep making copies of itself. Right. Well, that's why I wouldn't. I mean, ge- generally speaking, I wouldn't consider them to be artifacts, John, because that they they don't ha- they you know they, they are not a they're not singular and b they can be copied if you can copy it then it really isn't an artifact. Here's a magic book artifact. The Codex mm-hmm. of Infinite Planes. There you go. Now, you remember that one, folks. It's like, first of all, you crack it open. If you make the will save, you're able to read it. Problem is, you got to make a will save for every page you read and every power that you master. You got, And it's just... And it's like a DC-40 will save in... in in OGL. And so, yeah, you could gain incredible power. Problem is, it's that one time you make a bad roll and you're free-floating atoms. Mm-hmm. Unless you use one of your powers. Or it sucks you in and the and the book slaps shut. Yeah. And it's and never it- ending. I mean, you keep turning pages and there is no <laughs> end. It's like it could be a three-foot thick book and you're turning pages forever, you know. Which was the which was the book? If you made a die roll or something, it would like automatically turn its own pages. Was that from D anD D or was that something else? It might have been. I think that might have been the old version of the Codex. Yeah, it was like there was this. There would be this spell. You get you. You'd have these spells that you really liked and were on the page. But if it, but there was always this chance it would automatically turn the page to the next set of pages, and then you wouldn't be able to catch. That wasn't the codex. It was a different book. Yeah, it was a different book. Okay, yeah. But usually, magic books are are unlike artifacts, which may you know have a purpose conferred upon them. This the, the, uh, magic books tend to be purpose built. 
Okay, they're, they're designed to confer a specific set of knowledge, contain a certain set of histories, uh, talk about a certain set of individuals, you know. Um, spells to use, spells to use in case of, in case of disaster. But I mean, it also, for example, is that you might have a, uh, some of these old tomes and, and, and you know, and when, when we say magic books, I think we're talking about books that have magic spells in them. But, you know, versus just old tomes that have histories that are really, really rare. You know, but I mean, a lot of times you're in the situation where you're trying to figure out, you know, how to do something. And, uh, and you need this particular tome because it's going to lay it all out for you. It's, gonna, it's sort of like the um, spell book, the spell book that Snape's had when he was a boy going through the class in, in, in uh, potions. And inside of it, he had all these little notes about, well, you could use this instead, and this might be better, and, and other things. So by using this book, you actually got to be a much better potion caster because you weren't just following the, uh, you know, the, the the standard spell list. Okay, it actually got within, you know, it actually gave you options. It it talked about the theory. It talked about some 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 things you could try, and so you it actually would give you a much broader. Uh, understanding. So, what you might say is, is that you know it, it might uh, either you, it might you might gain a bonus to casting these sorts of spells in addition, as you said, to being able to be able to cast the spells at all because they're in the book. Okay, or it could somehow, um, in the case of potions, it will allow you to create variants of potions that otherwise no you wouldn't be able to do because the 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 ideas about how to do that weren't in any other book except this book. Most of these things are purposeful in the sense that the information that's in them are are very specific. Now I, I've kind of done this in my in my current uh, Bureau 13 game uh, uh, campaign because they are uh, they're they're dealing with the Hopi afterlife. And one of the things that they got was this one guy's spell book. And, you know, because I think that's just funny because nobody else, you know, has a spell book. But, he, you know, but this one guy has a spell book. And it turns out it's his grandfather's journal about his, what he was trying to do. What he, you know, the spells he was devising and the things he was learning and what he was trying to do in order to achieve this end, which was to solve a really big dilemma that was in the Hopi afterlife. And so that's one of the reasons why, as I was telling John, that they're going over to see the White Witch of uh, uh, of Seattle, which uh, or Fremont, Fremont. Well, okay, see, um, because they're 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 trying to piece these notes together that were written by a guy for himself, not as a textbook to be taught to you know low level whatevers, you know. So. They're trying to figure this out, and they need somebody with the breadth of knowledge to be able to say, "Oh, well, he's referring to this here, and and this is what he's trying to do." And a lot of these spell books are there to, in in many ways, to confer unexpected benefits to you because you didn't really know what you were getting into when you were reading it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention, and of course, I hope you appreciate the little breadcrumbs I gave you for finally getting somebody who actually probably could. You know, at least help them understand what was going on with those with those notes. Um, I I haven't been able to read all that you were writing because I was busy doing some other things tonight. But I definitely were. I'm going to look at it before I I, 
I do my next session. Thank you, John. Because I'm a Terry Pratchett fan, there is the Octavo, uh, the which holds the eight great spells that were written by the creator himself, and they basically they're of the Discworld, um, and their their purpose. It'd be a spoiler. Uh, spoiler. Skip about oh, say thirty seconds. If you don't want to be spoiled for the novels, Color of Magic and Light Fantastic, read them because you'll like them. The uh, they're, they're basically their spells to help. Well, baby disrolls to hatch. <laughs> and it has to be said the right time for them to hatch. And that's what they're there for. But, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Like he said, the, the most important research in the disc world was, is the, is the, uh, is, is Atun male or female? I know it's important, but I, I've yet to figure out why that really is important. Okay. If a tune's female, is there a male disc world out there looking, um, you know, and what would happen to the disc? <laughs> why would anything happen to the disc? I mean, she's flying through space, right? Yeah. Yep. And let's say that another, another one showed up. Why can't... You know why? Why? Why can't they mate inverted? Because the yeah, actually, you, you're right. They probably could do that. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you you deal with people who you know, who's only experience with large tortoises are large tortoises <laughs> with elephants on their backs. It changes everything, don't you see, John? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if we're talking about books, well, you just I mean, have to boil this down to you <laughs> see when a mommy disworld and a daddy disworld really love each other. <laughs> Uh, but also, you know, we were talking about Lovecraft. I mean, the, you know, of course, the one we we're always referring to, of course, is the Necronomicon. You know, which uh, if I was running a game, I would say, okay, you have these copies, but they're not as good as the one that uh, uh, the Matt Arab Abdul uh, as El Harez. Yeah, they're all pieces of it. Yeah, sure. And they and, and and most people only have a piece of it because they don't want to go in completely insane. Yeah, but I'm also thinking of a certain movie series that had the Necronomicon. Evil Dead. Groovy. I was so irritated by that. I was like, what is this doing in this movie series? Oh, not only that, but they, but they also crib, you know, uh, the day the earth stood still with Barack Nicto, whatever. Oh, yeah. Brought and he coughs out Nicto. There, I said it. Mostly. Barack Nicto... Damn it, I can't remember it either now. Yeah, but it's the words they use to make uh, Gork, you know, stop. But the, So he, he, they basically take two different things and crib it together and shove it in their movie. And I always was irritated by that because I was like, man, you're stealing. You're just totally stealing from these other movies. Yeah. <laughs> and you think Lovecraft didn't steal from the ancient Egyptian mythos and stuff like that? Yeah, you know. How would I know? He did. I don't know anything. I mean, I don't know anything about ancient Egyptian stuff. I mean, you were the one who did that. You were the one, who, you know, who, who who did that. We talked about religion. But yeah, you you look at this stuff. Uh, you know, there are some books that I would say they may be copies or they may be fragments of. And yes, assembling the fragments may be a bad thing. I mean, just reading the copy that's in in our cam it can drive can drive most people, you know, bananas. You know, right. Um, have you ever seen the movie um, uh, Sor- is it, was it Sorcerer uh, with Julian Sands? 
Warlock. Warlock, thank you. You know, he's trying to get all these pieces of, uh, of this book uh, to, un, un, to basically unmake the world. It has the, uh, you know, it basically has God's name in it. Because that's when it had the witch finder in it, didn't it? Right, yeah, the worst witch finder. But the point was is that he's finding all these pieces, and at the end of it, the book assembles itself. That's right, yeah. So if you brought all those copy pieces of, the, uh, of copies together, you might find that the, the book will assemble itself when that happens, and then, you know, you've got other stuff going on. Oh, you know, there is actually a good one. A good, a good example of a one-of-a-kind artifact book, again from Oz, Glinda's book, the one that allows her to see what's going on in the world. It writes itself and, and tells her what's happening at that point in time. That is, that's a, uh, that is definitely a one-of-a-kind art artifact. It allows her to know what's going on and be, in, and be where she needs to be if she has to be, you know, someplace. In, in my Vero 13 campaign, I had I had an artifact. It was an old old-fashioned telephone, you know, the kind of one that went down over hooks. It was like you know, you had a little dial at the bottom of the base of it, and it had this person sitting there, and they would just keep picking it up and putting it to their ear, and then putting it back down. And every once in a while, they'd pick it up, and a phone call would get redirected. And instead of them calling 911 or calling the police or calling the, the hospital, they were talking to the bureau. That, you know, and it was, it was a, a MacGuffin I used to basically get reasons why the bureau knew about certain things that were going on before anybody else did. It was because they, 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 the call to help that they made was diverted to the bureau using this artifact. That's copywritten, by the way. I thought that up myself. <laughs> All you people listening to this podcast, you know, write it in your uh, write it in your next supplement. <laughs> Anyways, but we're talking about you know um, uh, spell books, basically magical books. Well, not all are spell not all of them are spell books. You know, like, like you said, right? Well, some are. Well, well, if they're magical and they're not spell books, they're kind of like just artifacts, right? Okay. So, um, and and the one that we haven't talked about. There's two things we haven't talked about, really. One is is that sometimes these books require something from mm. um, and um, they can they may contain trapped souls or they may require souls in order to operate for you. Uh, the uh, you may have to uh, basically uh, confer your soul to the book in order to read it. Okay, or you know, it's that's always the the nastiest one. A great power I will give to you, and we will reside together for all eternity. You know, if you had any idea of going to another kind of uh, afterlife, sorry, Charlie. Yeah, that's the choice you have to make. Okay, uh, or like I said, it could just be that it's you know, just like uh, Stormbringer, it eats souls. So yeah, you can get all these benefits, but it's going to cost. You're going to have to make a certain amount of sacrifice. You know, you have to grab that that um, uh, torch bearer you got with you and stretch his neck across the the spine of that book and slice him up so the blood you know pours down upon the the the, the spine or whatever, and then all of a sudden the 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 the, the book will open, you know, and uh, and the words will become visible and understandable. I'm actually thinking of another book, um, the Never Ending Story. 
the, the cost there is the kid had to face that his mother was dead and, and, and yeah. And he gave the princess her, his mother's name, but it, that definitely was a magical book, not, not a magic book, but a magical book, you know, magical book. It wasn't a spell book. Right. But he, he was able to summon Utreyu and, 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 oh, I've got the dragon, dragon's name into the real world. Now, the one last thing we haven't talked about artifacts uh, or spell books is, is that some of them are intelligent. Some of them, they have their own agendas, they have their own minds, um, and um, they, sometimes they're sneaky about it. They get you invested in it, using them and stuff, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start finding yourself, you know, going out, waking up in the middle of the night in another location because uh, it's been like auto, you know... <laughs> Sleepwalking you someplace or another while we did what it wanted. I think the, the the stereotypical one is, of course, the the poor fighter with the sword that's smarter than he is. Yeah. <laughs> or Spider Man's um, uh, super super suit. Well, it started off with Spider Man. He 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 was always tired because at night, you know, at, when he finally went to bed, all of a sudden he'd get up and start doing stuff because the suit wanted to do stuff. Yeah, so the suit was intelligent. Mm-hmm. A parasite. Yeah. Well, symbiote. It was. Yeah. It's. It was either a parasite or a symbiote, depending upon how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that um, uh, that uh, Ve- Venom would consider it to be a symbiote because it did exactly what he wanted it to do, which was pretty bad. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, but like I said, a lot of these things are, you know, they're 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 intelligent, and they may they may uh, uh, choose to withhold their powers if you don't um, uh, pony up, play ball, um, align yourself properly, or behave in a certain way. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. <laughs> well, um, uh, similarly, uh, uh, the um, a soul eater, mm-hmm. the the anime soul eater. Um, the uh, Excalibur in that. Yes, you can wield Excalibur, but you got to do an awful lot of stuff in order to keep Excalibur happy. Or actually, I'm thinking of Light and from uh, uh, Death Note. Um, he goes from being a pretty average kid to a really nasty piece of work because he has a book that allows you, allows you to, well, kill people by writing their names down. The use of artifacts can change your personality, not through nefarious reasons, but just because it grants you power that, you know, changes you. And absolute power corrupts absolutely, yes. Yeah. I prefer the term, absolute power attracts the corruptible. Yeah. (laughs) And with great great power comes great responsibility. Here, we hit all the tropes. All right. (laughs) All the cliches. (laughs) Wherever you go, there you are. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, here's a real good one, and it's recent. Ah. The Cloak of Levitation from Doctor Strange, the movie. Well, it definitely has a will of its own. Yeah. Did you see the movie, how it was sitting there, and Strange wanted to go one way, and it would yank the other way? And when... I, don't, I, I forget the name of the character, but it was by martial artist actor Scott Atkins... That cloak was like just whipping itself around his head and just slamming the head on the floor. Just basically darn near killed him. 
Uh-huh. Oh, no, that cloak of levitation, that's an artifact. It had a mind of its own. It may not have been able to speak, but mm-hmm. it, it will be known. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely true. So, you know, a lot, so, and, and artifacts are, are more well known for this, but being, but also magic books as well, you know, have that ability. And, and sometimes if they're going to teach you stuff, if the magic book is actually supposed to teach you, then it, it, it helps to, to have that. Uh, and I'm sure that um, it's going to, it's going to follow its, its original purpose. Um, and if its original purpose was to, you know, uh, uh, return uh, Egypt to its glory, then all of a sudden you may find out that you're working very much against the uh, uh, the purposes. And in Bureau 13, this is important uh, against the um, stability of the United States because you know, uh, for Egypt's uh, star to rise, all the other superpowers have to deflate. Yeah. yeah. I'm also thinking because you mentioned trapped souls. I suppose it's the other way around that the the great wizard realizes he's he's dying, so he writes a spell book. Only he's not just he's basically doing a sword on here. Only he's putting all of himself in that book, literally. Okay. Person next person gets it. The book is going to try to overwrite you with the you know with the personality of the of the wizard and his memories and basically it's trying to turn you into the wizard. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly perfectly plausible. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a it's a staple in D and D and again over to Pathfinder, <laughs> the six books that when you read them they confer strength, dex, con, the tomes and librums. Right, the manuals, yeah. Yeah, the manuals, mm-hmm. where you read them over, like, the course of... A month. Uh, yeah, or whatever, and you gain a plus one, of, either a plus one, two, three, four, or five, to a particular stat, because you've just read how to be stronger, faster, tougher, smarter, wiser, more charismatic. And they are magic items. They are, I mean, they're not artifact level, but they are considered magic books. Right, absolutely, I agree. And I know I keep going back to Lovecraft because that has this wonderful collection. But there were some—it's probably Nancotic manuscript manuscripts, which were basically uh, always there's only like eleven fragments, and they basically uh, they they are the ones that allow you to go to the dreamlands. Basically, it's another dimension. You get to travel there, and it, so it, it acts as a gate. Yes, it, that definitely is a, a single-purpose book, and it's you know whoever made it, it's long ago lost in the in the fragments of time, but it allows you once you go, once you read through the fragments, you now can then go to the dreamlands. <laughs> uh, who saw the last action hero? I did long ago, but yes, Mad, the magic ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Took the you took the ticket. You could walk into the screen, become part of the movie, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. Okay. Uh. Well. Okay. So we've talked about all these different things that they can be. Okay. So we should talk about what we think they should. Be. Mm. Okay. If you were to create the perfect magic system, what do you want? these things to be able to do do you want them to be able to do everything we talked about or do we want to say no we we really don't want them to do certain things so for example do you want artifacts 
to uh, be able to confer powers to people who are not magic users. Oh, no, I, I think that an artifact, if you possess the artifact, you get that power or group of powers or that ability. The whole thing is with an artifact is they're not easy to get to. Usually if you're getting an artifact, you're already pretty high level that you can deal with most things that are thrown at you. And the artifact, I would use an artifact not as necessarily an end game, but in the completion of a grand story arc. It's a quest object. It's like, I'll, I'll use the, the maze world example that my friend Perky Goth and I made that world, and Pixie is played in that campaign. Um, actually, made her one character actually made an artifact, a weapon to kill the big bad, a Rakshasa known as Prahasta. It took them gaining power and gaining ability and gaining knowledge in order for Pixie's character Rakhaya to build this Rakshasa-killing kukri. But with the rules, it's above and beyond any other magical item that she could normally make because she had ascended to that level of magical power. So usually artifacts, as I said, they're not an end quest, but yeah, quest object. It's something to get to either find or make on the way to getting to that final element of the story are usually killing the big bad or mm. getting to the end game scenario. Yeah. So basically she made uh Samurai Jack's Samurai uh, Katana. So yeah, speak. and she and she planned it out because I made this mm. bad guy to where what it was the previous campaign, they killed him. He was brought back. And the proteges that occurred in the plan, they're like no, we need to take care of this guy because, and they're also taking care of the means of which he was brought back. So Josie made this, this her character, Rakaya, made this mm-hmm. Chasa-killing kukri. And so, just loaded, and I mean, she started pouring through my books and just loaded, okay, this is everything <laughs> I want on this. I am trying to, uh, basically, I try to make my players outthink me. Mm. Taught Josie well. <laughs> so, Artifacts are a means to an end. You put as a GM, you put them in the game to because I mean, if you're just getting it to getting it to have bragging rights, and eh, it's like I'm trying to get the hand of Vecna. Why? Because I want it. Well, it's because everybody will know I'm the baddest magic user out. There. And as you get corrupted and turn neutral evil, yeah. Well, but, no, I'm gonna put an effort stick and use it as a back scratcher. That's how bad I am. <laughs> <laughs> How bad is he? He uses the hand of Vecna as a back scratcher and everybody just backs away. Um, but no, I would say use it and, and to plot it out as a GM, use it as a means to an end, but put them through HE double hockey sticks to get to it. Either yeah. like with Pixie's character going through the levels and learning mm-hmm. and and amassing the power to build it, or you are being taken throughout the multiverse to track this thing down and fight its guardian and it's like Eddie Murphy in the Golden Child when he gets the dagger. Ha! I got the knife! Now turn on the damn lights! <laughs> <laughs> it, it basically has to be linked into the plot. I mean, you can't just 
randomly, if someone doesn't just throw open a, a box and someone rolls on a table and says, oh, look, you got this. Okay, it has to be purposefully integ integrated into the story. It should never appear by accident. Well, because you usually don't see the random roll chart of artifacts. I mean, just, I mean, they're usually put in for a thematic purpose. Yeah. I'm just saying in D and D you can. There's 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 a there's a very small chance that you, when you're rolling on random magic, especially at higher levels, that you roll on the special artifact chart. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then cross it off. Yeah. But yeah. I. Uh, you should cross yeah, it as off. As far as <laughs> I think that if you pick it up, you don't. You're not just like, oh, if you're a fighter, you can do it, or you're no. If you are. Because you're going to go through all sorts of grief to get to it. And then find out, well, after I've gotten to it, I found out because I was trained as a wizard, not as a cleric, I can't use it. Eh. Well, it sounds like you're saying it, it's, it's actually it's a purpose-built, more or less single-use item. It has only one purpose in life, to kill the Rakshasha. Well, yeah, well, that's what Josie had Rakaya make it for. Mm -hmm. Because... It was done, and then a cult that worships this Rakshasa had him resurrected, and that's what elevated him to godhood. So now, basically, she had to make a weapon to kill a demigod. Yeah. So she had to do it for that. And then once you know, once it's done, she'll either probably have the weapon destroyed, or we'll just hold it off in secret in case somehow. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think as far as the powers of an artifact, anybody can use it. Grand, you might have to like the Cloud Castle in in the back of a Pathfinder Ultimate Equipment. I think you still have to have some type of skill to maneuver it around, but it's not impossible where you couldn't know that skill. Yeah, anybody also, with the time to learn can pilot the Cloud Castle around, and you know. A, a giant flying castle is pretty imposing. Whoever flies it, you know. Yeah, and it sounds like with if correctly with Eddie with the Eddie Murphy reference, Golden Child. It's more of a MacGuffin than anything else. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it yeah. <laughs> and for those of you unfamiliar with a MacGuffin is, the MacGuffin is an item that's everyone seeks. It's the it's the Maltese Falcon. It's the it's the Ark of the Covenant. Though the Ark of Covenant is not a proper MacGuffin. It's basically, it has no purpose other than to drive the plot. Yeah. <laughs> it, when you find it, great. It may turn out to be not the MacGuffin, as it turned to spoilers, as it did in the Maltese Falcon. <gasps> Don't say it! I haven't seen it yet! <laughs> uh, or it could be, as in the in, in case of um, the Golden Child, it is the thing you need to deal with the bad deal with the big bad guy, and, and that's its only purpose. Once you use yeah. it, it's gone. <laughs> well, it wasn't gone; it just was locked away. And yeah, yeah, same no. difference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well. It, it doesn't sound to me like you're saying that any of these things should be excluded that we've already talked about. You know, it seems like everything we said that a, an artifact can be, you're all totally fine with those things. So maybe we should talk about what we don't think an artifact should be or we don't think a magic book should do or be. I don't think that a um, an artifact should grant 
omnipotent power. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, when you possess an artifact, you are far more powerful than your peers or even some of your opponents. But you are not a god. It is not an artifact is not a means to elevate you to a deific level. You are quite powerful while you possess this artifact, there is no doubt. But if you're gonna if you're going to just elevate your characters to godhood, have them go on that quest and don't you know it did yeah. If yeah. you are if you are looking for power level one hundred and an artifact can get you to power level 20, that's fine. Even with that artifact, there's always going to be bigger fishes in the sea. There's always going to be somebody with a bigger stick, a bigger gun. But that artifact is going to make damn sure that you have far less, far fewer, less powerful people trying to take you out. Yeah, I mean, basically... If only by the virtue that you have this artifact. You don't yeah. even need to use it. Yeah. I know. Basically, don't make it a, you get the artifact, you win the game. Nope. No, 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 no. No, 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 no yeah. but there's certainly enough stories that that's exactly what the point is. Yeah. That's, that's why they're seeking the artifact. As soon as they get it, they win. There yeah. are so many low-level people out there that, you know, they think of that mindset of, well, this artifact means I'm a god. No, they just don't know how to take you down. Meanwhile, there are far more powerful people than you out there still who it's like, oh, that's cute. They have that artifact. Okay, yeah. I still know about six different ways to take them out and I don't break a sweat. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking of the Clash of the Titans, the good one, not the newer one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where not basically he needed certain, he needed to get certain, well, religious artifacts, a, a, a shield, a sword, a pair of winged boots. I mean, but, you know, actually, I'm thinking more of the actual story. I say that's the story of Perseus. Yeah, Perseus. Yeah. And then he had to get the Gorgon's head, or in this case, Medusa's head. And then he would use that to take down the Kraken. Yeah. You know, but it was a, but it was a, it was a process. It, every one of those things would be classified as an artifact, you know, you know, and, and they all were, and he, he, I think he lost half of them in the process of getting them, but you know, still, uh, he, uh, he basically had a collection of artifacts who all had very specific purposes to, for use and had to be used correctly. Yeah. You don't use them correctly. Medusa's got a new statue in her, in her foyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, know, that's so. the thing in, in story, in certain stories, like the Lord of the Rings, the clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. One magic item, if it's a low-level campaign or a low-level setting, a magic item could be considered an artifact. Remember, there weren't a lot... You couldn't have magic items made at your local wizard shop in Lord of the Rings. Mm -mm. That ring was an artifact, even if just by virtue of it being a lone magic item. Oh, yeah. And Sting was, for all intents and purposes, an an artifact. Yeah, because (laughs) the means of making it long lost. lost. I mean, the elves, they remembered, oh yeah, this was an elvish blade that glowed blue when orcs were present. And they probably couldn't make another one like it because it was their ancestors who wielded much greater power. And I would imagine the hobbit size suit of, of mithril chainmail 
definitely is an artifact because I didn't I've never made that one again. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an artifact. It was just so hideously expensive that nobody would ever make two of them. Yeah. That still counts as an artifact. I mean, <laughs> it did serve that kind of purpose that it made him immune to stabbing or slicing. Mm-hmm. Didn't help him against bludgeoning, but but stabbing and slicing, he was he was good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the as far as the <laughs> artifact level of power, yeah, as I said, among certain groups. Oh yeah, you might as well have been a god because oh my gosh, you know he's invisible and he can't be attacked by these. He can't be harmed by these attacks. We can't stop him. But like mm-hmm. I said, there's always bigger fish in the sea. Yep. Or you have a you have a, a cornucopia, you know, a literal cornucopia that produces you know food at, at command. Yeah, you, it's the only one, and there's a lot of hungry people out there who want that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's something that actually it makes you feel good, but its main power is to feed lots of people. Well, and, and here's something else that I think the artifact should have. Yeah. And and we it, it, it's like Bruce was had said that we almost had forgotten it. An artifact does have to, despite all this wondrous power you get from it, it has to have some type of drawback. If, yep. only, if only in the way of there's people out there. They're going to try to take it from you. Yeah. And yeah, then you do get a little paranoid. Looking over your mm-hmm. shoulder to see if the next person, you know, is the guy mm-hmm. with the big gun that can take you down. Or has that one way that can get around the artifact. Yeah. Or you start realizing that I'm not myself anymore, am I? Well, yeah, because like the one ring, you start getting mm-hmm. by the power. Yeah. Okay, but let's return to the question. What don't you want a magic book or an artifact to do? Mm. Well, besides omnipotence? Um, hmm. Well, mundane stuff. I mean, let's be honest. Mundane stuff can be done by anyone who's half decent with magic. So mundane type things like, oh, yeah, your clothes are always clean. Wow, thank you. Wonderful artifact. You know... (laughs) If I hear what you're saying correctly, an artifact shouldn't be boring. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Once you realize what it is, it should never be boring after. Yeah, it should ne- never be mundane. It should, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You know, we have to, I have a thing in my hand right now that would consi- be considered an artifact 200 years, uh, 50 years ago. My phone, you know. Well, John, make sure you wash your hands after you're done with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's. Uh, but if, if it went back in time, it would be an artifact because it's only one of them. Until berries ran out, you know, and then you can't find a compatible plug or anything like that. But anyway, you know, things like that. Um, but it's also it's very mundane, and it also would be fifty years ago, uh, perfectly useless too. Well, yeah, <laughs> it'd be a perfectly useless, fantastic object. Uh, there you go. So it's it's a fantastic object and it's absolutely useless. <laughs> it would well, I mean, assuming you can keep getting power to it. Yeah. And if you don't know how, I suggest you go talk to the professor from Gilgas Island. Yeah. Because he seemed to be able to recharge batteries with no trouble at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is you. You at least have a calendar on it. That's true. Petrol calendar. Yeah. Calculator's not a bad function either. 
Yeah, that's true. And if yeah, and anything you have stored, so all your music. But that yeah. sounds a bit like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> At least he's got two tapes now. Yes. Well, he only needed one tape. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the right tape, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it shouldn't be boring. It shouldn't give you. Uh, um. It, it basically shouldn't overwhelm the uh, the the plot. Um. I would say you don't want it to um, really infringe upon somebody else's um, uh, usefulness to the, to, to, to the story. Yeah. Basically, you know, you don't want it to cut out, you know, if, if it grants you all psychic powers um, and therefore the psychic who's in the group is like, Oh, well, I guess I'll just go on vacation then. Cause you obviously don't need me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically don't don't step in other people's domain. Basically, spotlight. Don't step on their spotlight. Yeah, yeah. but also don't make it for one person. That's the other thing. I mean, you could make it for one person, but then that person becomes a focus character, and he's now more important than any other character. Which again right. steps in I everyone's mean, spotlight to that at that point. So it's I think it's the same with magic books. Okay, you don't want to give the you know the book of all spells. Mm-mm. No, I mean we talk about the bureau spell book is 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 the entire spell book. Okay, but we're not. But what we're saying is that it should be a lot of other stuff. I mean, a spell book should have histories. It should have noodlings. It should have uh, recipes in it. It should have all kinds of stuff in it besides the useful stuff. Okay, so you got this big, huge tome, and in there somewhere is a couple of things that you need, and some probably some information that later on in the campaign will probably be very useful. Okay, but it isn't like it's not like a Rand McNally atlas. Okay, that's way too useful. <laughs> you need something that's a little bit more, you know, like Richard's um, Portals books. The, later on, where you had the journals in it, yeah, you had like a few little things, and you had like, well, we saw this thing, but no reference to where it was or or what it was for. But this is really long description about what it looked like and where. It's a plot hook. Yeah, yeah, it's a plot hook, right? You, sh- it should definitely be a plot hook. It should not take what is in the game this mysterious and eliminate the mystery from it can be a clue. And you, so they get this book and, you know, and you, and they're going through it and you're mentioning various things. And yeah, there's a little bit of marginalia there about blah, 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 blah. And they go, Oh, okay. What they didn't realize is that that little blah, 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 you read off the marginalia set 10 sessions later. is very, very important because it helps solve a problem. Yeah. But, or it cast a spell that it takes the ten sessions later co- actually activates. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Why did that happen? <laughs> you know, and, and the GM's over there like, oh, I don't know. No, you know, whistle, whistle, whistle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it it basically should shouldn't make things. I mean, it should help them. Mm-hmm. It, assuming they're going after the magic book for a reason, it should help them solve their immediate problem. Yep. But it shouldn't. There, it shouldn't know. It, it shouldn't become something that they toss up on the shelf and never look at again. It should have. It, it should have continuing influence upon the group. 
at the very, very least, becomes the obsession of the magic user because he's going, okay, I found this interesting spell. Unfortunately, I only found half the spell. And I'm going through the dang book to find the other half of the spell because I think he continued someplace else. But I got to have his recipe for dumplings. <laughs> so it becomes an obsession. And that is could be one of the downsides of the book. Why is this recipe for dumplings in here? There's got to be a reason for it. Reminded of the movie with Chow Yun Fat and Sean William Scott, <laughs> Bulletproof Monk. The guy is looking for the secret to immortality, and he translated noodle soup. <laughs> well, it, it could be even worse than that. It could be a, it could be a, a, a bit like Jefferson's Bible, Thomas Jefferson's Bible. Is is not only is it his writing, it's clippings. He's pasted in the book. And there's a dried plant in one place. The entire page is covered with a dried plant that they then lacquered in place. Why? It's almost like the Voignant uh, manuscript, if you ever heard of that. It's one of those. That actually is an artifact, a real-life artifact, book artifact, the Voignant man- manuscript, which is this multi, it's incredibly dense tome with pictures of weird plants and creatures and a script that looks based on at least based on the character frequency is a real language, but no one's been able to decipher it. <laughs> so it's, you know, weird weirdness there, but yeah, I could just see that though. You know, is that it's, yeah, he has his writings and his clippings and things. He's cut out of other books and pasted in this book and it's, you know, and drawings of things and going this, he has obsession about cockroaches. Why? <laughs> That may come important later on when you, reason, when you find out why he has an obsession with cockroaches and he draws them in the marginalia all the time. Beyond that, the observation by Darwin that God really loved beetles. All right. Anything else that, that uh, you think that a, a magic book or a uh, artifact shouldn't, shouldn't be? Well, it should never be easy to get. Well, no, no. That's, that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Artifacts are usually hidden away... And that's a problem. That's actually a problem with Bureau 13 because they've got a ton of artifacts they've got in vaults that they don't want anyone to use. And and my players are always coming up to me going, doesn't the Bureau have something that would be helpful in this situation we could just borrow for a while? No. And I'm always like, oh, no. The the poor guy in in the warehouse looks down, rejected. And, of course, it's another request for the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second one that day. It's like, unless you can find me a, Koh- a Kohene to actually open it up, you're not getting it. <laughs> Good luck finding a Kohene. That, that is the the priesthood of, 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 of Israel. Because they're the only... Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, I'm describing it to the audience. So they may not get it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You always, ask, you always ask me to describe, explain these things. Yeah, it should never be easy to get unless it is. Because it, it, for every rule we give, there's always the rule that breaks it. And the, the time it is is when you don't realize you've gotten an artifact. I mean, I think one of the rules are anytime that an artifact's easy to get, there's always a gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah. You, you get the artifact and even the players are going, wait a minute, this was too easy. What, yeah. with the, and they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. 
You touch it. No, you touch it. <laughs> and and well, there's always someone saying, well, if you don't want it, I'm going to take it. And there was like, no, 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 I want it. I want it. Like, you know, then you get into the fight over it. Says, I thought you guys didn't want it. I thought you were afraid of it. We are, but we don't want you to have it. Then some guy steps back and says, wait a second, wait a second. The pacifist is yelling like that. Wait a second. There's something going on here. I think yeah, that thing's I, playing yeah. with us. <laughs> Yeah, you know. just your greed. Yeah, that too. But one of the things that I have done with things like artifacts and magic books and mages in general is is that they are magnets to the weird and unusual. Mm-hmm. So once you have one of these things, even if 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 nobody else knows you have it, it just draws them in. It complicates your life. It you know it, it's it it makes your co- you know your milk turn sour. Yeah. Cockroaches start coming up out of the drain. Yep. And and they turn three times and they go back down the drain. And, you know you can you can play with it any way you want to. You don't have to like make their lives hell. But I'm saying is that I always do that. Now is that a good thing to do? Oh yeah. It can be little things like you say you know you, you wake up in the morning you find all your clothes are nice and folded and you're going. Why are my clothes all nice and folded? You know, and you never, and finally, you, 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 you especially with this bureau, you set the camera up, and it's those dang cockroaches. They're taking your clothes and folding them for you. <laughs> well, they're all nice and folded, but they're all folded inside out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind the underwear. It's the pants that were inside out I had to deal with. Oh. <laughs> uh. Okay, so you agree that artifacts should have this quality to them that they just do this all the time? Yeah. You know, not not in a big way, yeah. but in a way that, you know, because like I, I had this one mage, for example, you know, I told him, I says, every place you go, you're going to attract the weird and unusual because you're a mage, you know? And he's like, what do you mean? He says, well, you'll find out. So for some reason, they, they, they had to... Um, they, they had to fly someplace because it was um, they had to get somewhere quick and they didn't have time to get a rental so they had to fly commercial so they're getting off the plane and here's this woman getting off a plane from Hawaii okay and she's got she's got with her one of those little tiki plants that basically animates jumps out of its pot and chases him across the uh, uh, arrival area into the women's bathroom. He's a guy, by the way. Uh, Turns out it's the reincarnated, it's, it's his mom reincarnated. <laughs> uh, and I thought I was bad st- sticking, uh, sticking you guys with that uh, mutant rabbit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when he complained about it, he said, what's your problem? You were an orphan before this. <laughs> mom? Yeah, but now you have to water your mother every day. Yeah, well, actually, he actually worked it out. It turned out she liked soap operas, so he just stuck a controller in her fronds and and left her sitting left her sitting vegetating in front of the television all day long. Well, I bet she's uh, she's mad now because all the soaps are gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, and there's there's, there's a thousand channels and nothing's on any of them. Yeah. She- that's the sort of thing that I was doing all the time to the people who are playing supernatural characters. I'll say, look, if you play a supernatural character, there's a reason why the Bureau keeps trying to shove you guys out onto reservations and stuff. Is because you guys, you know, there are people out there sensitive to this stuff, and you 
you trigger them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like you're you're like a walking, you know, uh, asphy thing. You know, or or or, or uh, migraine headache. I mean, you know, if someone's ready to go, you walk by, they're gonna go. One adventure I ran with my folks and uh, over at the uh, Sunny Skypers, you go to some place where it's already a weirdness magnet. You're just gonna compound things. <laughs> You know, going to Odd Rock and finding out, okay, bad luck happens here. Really bad. And you're a prankster. Good luck with that. <laughs> also, you were mentioning, you know, bad things happen. I mean, I'm, obvious one from a certain, t- certain certain movie series out there, you know, a certain uh, person from a previous universe is also looking for the items as well. Thanos. Because I think, th- isn't Thanos from a previous universe? Like Galactus? Galacticus? Not that I know of. No, I think Thanos is of this universe. He's just extremely mm. long-lived. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So Thanos is busy looking for the Infinity Stones or Infinity Gems, depending on which where you're in the comic books or in the TV in the movie series. Yeah. You know, uh, but anyway, he's looking for them. And whoever's got them, you got a guy who's basically god level power coming after you. <laughs> Well, because Thanos, in and of himself, is a very powerful being. Mm-hmm. He not only has great physical power, he's also got great, and I guess political power, because, I mean, he probably controls whole star systems, half yep. a galaxy, you know. So he's got all those resources at his disposal besides just being a very physically imposing being. Yep, and, and he's the- a... And he's a moon sick, and he's a, uh, a moon sick love calf, or a love sick moon calf, to death. Yeah. The, yes. <laughs> basically, the anthropomorphized version of death, which, for all intents and purposes, is a female Grim Reaper. Yeah. Well, well, when, yeah, and him looking for these artifacts, those who have the artifacts, some of them know that he's coming for them, others don't. For the ones that don't, yeah, that's going to be a very rude surprise. You find this, you know, 10-foot-tall, purple-skinned, rock-based alien, you know, wanting to pound you into something resembling gelato and take your new toy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- those toys are dangerous. I mean, yeah, yeah. as I said, you have to be it'd be, it'd be full celestial or part celestial to be able to handle the, any of the Infinity Stones. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So there's the there's the infinity star. There's the height. The, was it infinity cube on Earth? There's the uh, the, the 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 one the sphere. No, no, no. Do you really want to go down the list? I mean, nah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I just wanted to ask, you know, because like I say, we talked about all the things we said that they were, but we didn't really talk about what they weren't. So, you know, or what they shouldn't be. Yeah, they also shouldn't be easy to make. Well, um, yeah, we kind of covered that with the whole artifact being singular and other things like that. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know the, the question is, what do we mean by not easy to make? Would this actually would it be an entire quest just to make one, or are we well, talking it would like be I, three well, or four like sessions? With, uh, it's like I had with Pixie's character. Yeah. It took her. Now, granted, they had a really big adventure where they jumped a bunch of levels, but even then, it took them like 10 levels of experience for her to gain that power for the character Rakaya Umaza, an Ifrit sorceress, to be able to make this epic level artifact type mm-hmm. Rakshasa killing Kukri. It took, 
let's see, game time, better part of a year for her to build up that experience, game time, to finally mm-hmm. say, okay, I can put this, this, and this in. I have the resources to make it, and I'm going to do it. So I computed out the time and everything. But yeah, it if you're going to, if you have characters in a campaign where you can make something that would be relegated as an artifact, they the characters better put the blood, sweat, and tears in in order to make it. Usually, yeah, you don't want to have to remake an artifact. The whole point of it is that it's a singular item. Yeah. Now, here's a question. Do artifact, will you uh, impose the uh, uh, the fact that since she's making the artifact, a bit of her is going into it? Didn't really do that, no. I mean, I, I it was enough that she had to amass the material okay. components, put the time in, make yeah. the rolls. Yeah, I, I didn't, it, it's not anything with soul energy or anything in it. Okay. A good example of this would be like, you know, arrows uh, or spears of slaying. You know, things that are, there's purpose built for taking out a specific creature, a specific, specific type of creature. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what this is. It She has, well, because myth, I use Mythic Adventures for this game. The Bane and Mythic Bane abilities, where it's mm-hmm. a plus four to hit shape-changing outsiders, and it's an extra 46 damage, and I think she even added Holy. Mm. Because this is, as I said, it's a Rakshasa. Once you take care of the Rakshasa problem, there shouldn't be a like a, a constant influx of more Rakshakas to take care of. No. You've now got something that is, you know, more of a story element it might have some basic functionality otherwise but its real function is no longer needed yeah it's yeah. still a kukri i mean heck you guys have seen the one i have when we've done video podcasts a kukri is still a very dangerous piece of you know metal i mean yeah. it can still be used in combat but you're like okay we're using prohasta's bane to you know hack up a a, a young dragon eh, you know yeah Basically, the holy aspect would probably work against undead. So it has something, you know, a little bit there will help. Yeah, but all those things are be minor compared to the souped-up superpower that it is against the Rashaka. So here's a yeah. question, Trav. How hard will it be to unmake it? Why would he ever want? To? Well, let's say the let's say that because remember, the, I'm I kind of run the campaign, but it's also my friend Gina Perky Goth, my co-host. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this this whole campaign's her baby. I, I'm just the one that plugged the rules in. So she and I would have to come up with some way to be able to, if the villains were somehow get their hands on it, how would they go about destroying it? Yeah, because, I mean, it goes without saying, but we probably should say it, uh, artifacts also should be hard to, hard to get rid of. I mean, they're, they're, you know, you don't just, but you know. But you still should have that one flaw and yeah. in the general sense and the general convention of artifacts, it has to be a very unique set of circumstances. I think the um, for that the aforementioned cloud castle, it was basically you have to teleport it to the elemental plane of air and put it in the middle of a storm. Yeah. Where because even the walls, yeah, the walls look like stone and they are they act as super magic treated stone, but in the end. That entire cloud castle is that is just that, a cloud castle. If you put it in a powerful enough windstorm, it will get ripped apart. Yeah. 
So well, yeah, one of the, another thing that Artifact should have is a very unique set of circumstances that will destroy the artifact entirely. And not wrap it around the wrap, wrap around the creature and shove it into a pond. That's the ending to board the rings. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, it has to be something difficult, and in, in itself it would would be almost be a quest. Yes. So you may have created you, you may have gotten an artifact to slay the slay the the uh, the, uh, the, the, the 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 black dragon of the seas the, the dragon god. Now you have to get rid of the thing because well it's taken all the essence of the black go- black dragon god. Now you have to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely is a one use item. But now you, your first quest is, was to kill the black dragon god. Yes, you're thankful you had you had lots of healing spells and lots of healing potions because you needed them. But now you got the th- dragons in the is in the artifact. Now you have to destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the black dragon. <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's another quest. So it's it's one of those, and it, it, it could either be a purpose built artifact, or it could be something you know something that was once part of the Black Dragon and once re, you know, oh, a bit like uh, Davy Jones' heart, or the, like a dagger made from one of the dragon's claws or something that because yeah, yeah. of the dragon it can pierce its skin. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, but then it takes on the essence of the dragon, and whoop, and now you have a you have a it's a potent weapon. It has all the powers of the black dragon and all the problems of the black dragon as well. <laughs> yeah, so you have to then yeah, therefore you know the, the rest of the quest now is the, is to a get some place where you can destroy it, and b keep it from being stolen from you by folks who want to use that power for other things. Yeah. So it actually almost sounds like that's. What we're saying is that you're using artifacts. That there's two ways. Of, two ways of artifacts. One, there's something that the players themselves create to solve a problem, create or, or get. Or B, it's the it is the basis of the plot. It is yeah. the plot of the of the of the adventure or and or uh, camp mini campaign arc. Get this object to kill this threat. Yeah. You know, get or get, get object A to do to do you know to do uh, job action B. Ac- action B, and then we have to do uh, then do uh, action C, which is destroy object A. <laughs> you know, and and of course, and there and therein lies the fun because it may you know I mean it's sort of like you know they had to destroy the one ring. It took care of Sauron because it basically you know it more or less was <laughs> Sauron. Yeah, and. And the only place they could do it was Barak Dun, or no, that was that's his castle. What was his? What was the mountain called again? Mount Mo- Doom. Mount Doom. Mount Doom is the only place that place they could melt the ring, because it was where it was forged. Yeah, yeah. So it's all tied together. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us as we gone on about you know uh, this piece of the magic system about how artifacts are and how they act and uh, magic books. What they're good for. Now we're not talking about spell books, okay? That's we talked about that earlier. We're talking about actual tomes that are used, you know, uh, as reference and 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 to empower and all these extra stuff that uh, uh, that some of these legendary books inside of games um, can do. Like, uh, I still want Tobin's Spirit Guide. Oh yeah, that seems so darn useful. 
<laughs> and everyone talked about it like everybody has a copy of that. <laughs> so uh, if you have some more ideas along these lines, things that you think we should be including that we haven't thought of, please let us know on our various forums, the uh, Facebook forums, um, uh, Bureau 13, Agents Among Us, um, and of course the uh, TriTech podcast Friends of the TriTech Podcast, TriTechGamers.com, uh, uh, the Google Groups, and um, and even the uh, Yahoo Groups. Uh, uh, please let us know. And of course, go to uh, please go to our uh, podcast Podbean site. Leave us a message there. And iTunes, please give us a glowing review on iTunes so that more people like yourselves will be listening to us. People who haven't you know been listening to us from the beginning. So we hope that you'll do all that, and if not, we just hope you send a message and say, hey, we like what you're doing. And uh, so we'll have more for you in the future. We're only about halfway through our list, so but you're going to have to wait until next time. And so until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the TriTech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.